0: So I'm certainly an ENTP in the Myers-Briggs typological, uh, in the personality typing. And what that means is I use extroverted intuition as a uh, driving dominant process. And as an auxiliary process, I use introverted thinking. As a tertiary process, I use extroverted feeling and as an inferior process, I use introverted sensing. Okay, so Personality Hacker uh, is a um, company who puts out a really great podcast that if you're listening to this, you, there's probably a good chance you've heard of. I don't know. Um, one of their best episodes, uh, they've been making a lot of great episodes, I think, lately, but on um, their episode 218 and 219 about three styles of cognitive loops um, is a real hit i think and um one of the i just i just want to talk about what these cognitive loops are a little bit episode 319 discusses etps which are entps like me and estps which are the same as me except for that in their dominant mode instead of extroverted intuition it's extroverted sensing which I would describe the difference between those two as me and my ESTP friend watching stars one night, and we're standing there, and there's smoke all around because there's a wildfire. But we'd gone to this observatory, and there's like a ravine of, I don't know if you would call it this, there's like a, like a, a channel of clear sky above us and smoke on both sides. And my friend says, I wonder if it's going to stay clear. And, my, and I said, you know, maybe there's, like, a channel of, like, air that's flowing above us, and maybe that's why it's clear there, and my friend said, I'm just thinking about that flag, or he said, I'm just noticing that flag, and he pointed without looking, because he was looking through his camera, he pointed to the side of this, this American flag that was, like, whipping in the wind aggressively right in front of my sight, my line of sight, you could hear it, like, and I hadn't even noticed it, but it was obvious from that that the smoke would be blowing our direction if that, you know, based on the evidence. So that's extroverted sensing. He's like right aware of like the immediate sensory things versus extroverted intuition, which is like suppresses sensory things and comes up with with theories. Um, And in this case, I was right. Like the smoke never came over the top of us. But what my mind was doing in that moment is kind of thinking um, there's an observatory right here there's often clouds here in the pacific northwest there's often you know like th- there it it may be that there's a channel of of and it's also, I I also know we're in a very windy area where we were in the gorge area of near portland um we I knew that um there's like a lot of wind there it's the windsurfing capital of the world so all of these things together combined with the fact that they have an observatory right here as opposed to anywhere else just suggests to me that like perhaps there's something about this particular spot in the the geography of this region that keeps the sky clear statistically in like like statistically clear relative to other areas so even though there's smoke on both sides of us maybe it'll stay clear i don't take into account like the the wind and the 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 data that's immediately in front of my face and in some cases That's situationally valuable, seeking more like complex patterns instead of obvious data. Anyway, that's extroverted intuition versus extroverted sensing, and that's the ENTP versus the ESTP. So, um, but we both use introverted thinking and extroverted feeling in the auxiliary and tertiary positions, respectively. Um, Each of us do the same thing. So, that means... In these cognitive loops, what happens is that your dominant process, if if you're an extrovert like me and my ESTP friend are, is an extroverted perceiving process. It's extroverted. It's attuned to the external world of ideas and things and such. The auxiliary secondary process is an introverted function of introverted thinking exactly for both of us. The tertiary is another extroverted function, extroverted feeling. So, because as an extrovert we kind of almost have to spend energy to go introverted it can be easy to flip all the way to that tertiary position of extroverted feeling and just loop between extroverted intuition or extroverted sensing like extroverted perception and extroverted feeling extroverted perception extroverted feeling extroverted perception extroverted feeling just never go internal What this allows you to do is um, to sort of like stay out of the part of your human experience that is more draining and frightening to you. For me, that's the introverted part. Um, And also for an ESTP. So when you're looping, you're staying in the attitude that's more comfortable for you, either an introvert or an extrovert. This is why I really despise when people talk about being an extrovert or being an introvert. As if, because it just like chops off the reality that your that your growth path as an individual is to develop the opposite of your dominant attitude, to develop your introversion if you're an extrovert, to develop your extroversion if you're an introvert. And I'm telling you, this is not the kind of thing where it's like up for debate. I'm telling you, that's your that's your that's your growth path. Period. Now, that introverted and extroverted state that you should develop might is going to be different for uh, there's you know it's going to be different for all 16 types. There's eight different specific like auxiliary functions that you might have to develop. But in my case, and in the ESTP cases, it's introverted thinking specifically. Characteristic of introverted thinking is it's kind of like a logic of sorts, but it's very subjective. It's in my own head. It doesn't have to be proven to anybody else to be useful. Like it's, it's about me thinking, figuring out what I, what like, what I think, you know, what do I think? And it's not emotional. It's, um, it's what makes sense to me. What is accurate to me? Like what is like the truth? It has a very strong affinity for truth in the way that like if you, if you strapped a giant magnet to my back and I was walking next to something and then it, the thing was a magnet that was attracted to truth, I just get sucked at the truth whether I like it or not. Okay, so that's what I mean by an affinity. Now, so one of the reasons I'll stay in extroverted feeling and extroverted intuition and not go into introverted thinking is I don't want to get sucked toward truth because sometimes I want to do what I want to do. Sometimes I want to stay friends with somebody. Sometimes I want to, you know, like, I want to believe I can be different than truth. I want to, like, believe I can be religious. I, you know, like, I want to be able to, like, because I, I, like, I want to outsource my, I I want to make friends with people. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I I want everyone to like me. I want everyone like like all of those are extroverted feeling things that are the tertiary. And the the thing is, the important thing to note is that a lot of people use extroverted feeling, and a lot of them use it a lot more effectively than that. But what the thing about your tertiary is that it's a weakness that you go to. It's it's not as strong as you think it is. It's like a it's a it's a bad habit, it's a bad thing to rely on. The personality hacker folks, they refer to it as a 10 year old. Um, and they refer to the dri- the dominant process of a, as a driver and the auxiliary as a co-pilot, like in a car, like in a, a like left, right, in a like an American style car where the driver's on the left and the passenger's on the right. Those are like two adults and the passenger's this auxiliary that you wanna develop. And behind the passenger is that 10-year-old kicking him in the back, you know. And then, um, so so in other words, if you're having an argument while you're driving, you know, as the adult, you should sort it out with the adult. You shouldn't turn to the 10-year-old and try to get him on your side. Like, that's kind of the image they give you is that, like, that's a bad, it's bad to, like, rely on that 10-year-old in the back. It's a lower, it's it's a lower aperture. It's not as solid of a image of extroverted feeling as someone who maybe has a driver of extroverted feeling might have. So, it de- defaults to these very sort of like adolescent basic desires for people to like me um, or adolescent emotional expressions of anger and frustration and um, kind of uh, adolescent. So, okay. Well, I was listening to this podcast two num- number 219 from Personality Hacker, and they talk about three ways in which these loops show up. and um, And I think they're basically... Really helpful. The way they describe this for ENTP, the first way is they describe it as sort of a blow up of like emotional um, intensity, or sort of a, um, a dressing somebody down, and sort of a like a like a scoffing kind of like a. Um, taking someone down a notch, almost kind of like insulting people and, like, making them the butt of a joke or things. This reminds me of my little thing I recorded about being a subtle dick at Thanksgiving. Um, but I also... So so for me, a lot of the times this kind of comes into play where I get... where I'll sort of, like, things are too intense or or I notice someone being silly or stupid or, like, I notice I disagree with someone or I notice that I don't like what's going on. I... I, I I feel that magnet pulling me toward like oh I am um, I have a a negative perspective now of this person or like I've I've realized that I think a certain way about this situation and I don't like the way I think about it because it's because it is gonna cause me um, some discomfort. I'm in cognitive dissonance, because like, I like this person, and I don't like what they're saying, or I like this person, but I don't believe what they believe, or I think ma- they're giving me a logical flaw right now, or the thing they're saying is insane. That that happens a lot with like pe- religious people who I like, where I'm like, they just said something that's very, very incorrect, and now I have to make a decision to either lie and pretend it makes sense, or tell the truth and get in an argument with them, or offend them. So, um, or, you know, or try to keep silent or whatever. So in an effort to avoid that introverted thinking thing of just like the discomfort in that situation, I'll go to extroverted feeling tertiary and be like, um, kind of like try to manage the situation socially by changing the subject by like making a joke or throwing something out to distract or stuff like that. So. But the important thing about introverted thinking is to realize it doesn't have to be communicated. The most important thing is to sit with my own thought and realize what I think. And then I think a really healthy way to express myself using extroverted feeling to sort of extrovert my thought once I've kind of like had it is to sort of um, exercise my right to withhold my perspective. To say so so I think a solution to that kind of loop is to say, like, you know, I'm gonna have to think about that more. When someone says, like, do you you agree with me or you da 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 da? And and I can kind of tell that I definitely don't. But for one thing, I get sucked to that truth in this with this magnet on my backpack and it just like pins me to the wall of truth and I'm like I'm ready to tell them that I don't agree with them. I I believe they're wrong. I my thinking has dis, has chewed through their idea really fast. That's the other thing about introverted thinking is honestly it's kind of fast to come to conclusions like a magnet sucking me against the wall. But I can't yet explain why it takes me a while to figure out like how I got there cause there's some combination of extroverted intuition and introverted thinking is really fast, but it doesn't show me how it got there. It's kind of like if you tell me like. What's like a uh, one-sixth of a hundred, like of a hundred dollars? I immediately kind of picture sixteen fifty. It just boom, and I I don't know exactly how close that is to correct, but that's just like my my head does that with numbers. When I used to work in a company where we were doing a lot of finances, we'd be talking about like, well, okay, so if that's we've got forty-five clients, and twenty percent of those clients are giving us 80% of their revenue, and the total amount of revenue is, you know, $14 million, and if we can get a hold of 75% of these main clients and convince them to change their terms on contracts, then we can save, you know, um, X dollars. My mind, like, flashes approximations of the numbers really, really fast without doing any calculations. It's kind of like I have a What other people have as emotion, I have as a numerical, like, estimate that is good. So, people will say, like, hey, so what's, like, um, what's 43% of $17.9 million? And I just picture 8 and, like, 8.6. Just, like, just, I I don't know. It's, like, my, and then it's, like, that doesn't end up being right or whatever, but my head lobs something at the estimate really fast you know it's very interesting so so that that has I wonder what what, I don't even remember what the big number was 17 point but like it's like a calculator so anyway introverted thinking has a real logical kind of unemotional aspect to it and it's very good at logic and logic is um is one way of establishing truths it's not the only way by any means, but it is one effective way of establishing what's, especially logic is really good at establishing what's not true. (laughs) It's, it's actually better at establishing what's not true, I think. So, or it's really good at rooting out false arguments. That's the thing is logic isn't so much powerful as it is precise. And so when people use bad logic, good logic just, just shreds it and leaves you with nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't repair the the thing and give you another solution. So, so when I'm like arguing against creationism or something to someone or trying to explain why I disagree, there's always this emptiness that's left afterward. And people are looking at me like, well, what do you propose? And I'm saying like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not proposing anything. Like, I just was, your argument was bad. That's all. That's it. So that's kind of what logic does, it throws these flags in my head, and people will be talking, and I hear, false, (laughs) or I, like, I, like, get hit by it, like, false, (laughs) like, flaw, no, it's all this negative, like, um, not negative in emotional tone, negative as in, like, a negative sign, like, false, (laughs) so anyway, um, so you can imagine how, because I have this infant, this, like, teenage desire to connect with people and have them like me, That's this tertiary thing. It causes me to sometimes want to avoid that introverted thinking thing, which is like slices people's ideas into a million pieces and adds them up and tells them they're all wrong. You know, like it's it's not a winning strategy. Um, So uh, so no, you know people people don't want to be told they're wrong, and or actually, I'm not very good at evaluating what people want. I'm about as good of at it as like. Well, that's not true. I'm pretty good at evaluating what people want. I'm not always good at evaluating their emotional situation in the moment, and I overestimate the extent to which I'm going to put my relationship with them in jeopardy if I am if I argue back, or like, I don't know, I'm just uncalibrated, extroverted feeling is uncalibrated in the tertiary. So that's the first style of cognitive loop for the ETP, and the ESTP and the ENTP are both kind of the same in that way they said that the second style was um uh was uh was a strategy of um praise seeking and this is definitely one that i do a lot and it's like my friends kind of tease me about it um but i very much like respond an enormous amount to this extroverted feeling like this connection that i get this feeling when people tell me they like me or they show me they like me or they like wow you you did that well that you're great, like oh, this is great about you da 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 I just like wow, like my like it's like f- like chemicals in my brain are like woo and and then so I can get in a habit of seeking that and then um avoiding introverted thinking as a response um and when I get negative critical feedback instead of like going introverted thinking and recognizing the like that's doesn't matter because, because I've gotten in the habit of taking feedback that's positive. I will take the feedback that's negative and think it matters too. But the truth is none of it actually, to me actually matters that much because I'm not a good evaluator of their extroverted feedback to me. Like I shouldn't be looking to that. I should first be looking to my thinking period. Um, so with religion, it's a good example of when people are like, um, telling me that they think it's so great how I'm trying to learn about their religion, I get a lot of positive feedback from that. And then when I start being nitpicky about their claims, I get a bunch of negative feedback from that. So, um, okay. So the, and so that, that means um, it, I can... Well, it kind of leads into the third cognitive loop that they describe, which for the ETP is basically outsourcing your values, and outsourcing your way of life to others, Um, and they gave an example of, like, giving, like, being in a paradigm that you don't believe in at all, like a religion or relationships that you, like, your introverted thinking knows are wrong, but you're just staying in this false thing because you want people to like you, or you want to be, you know, like, It's really just like completely um, outsourcing all of that, and I definitely think that that's a large part of what I do in my investigation of religions. Is um, I even think of it that way? I think, man, I need to just like externalize. I need to get external pressure from people to be religious because I don't trust myself to be spiritual. I've said that in some of these recordings. So I, and I don't always understand other people who are like who say um, that they. You know they're they're kind of almost pompous about like I don't need religion I'm spiritual and like I don't know I don't need anyone else telling me what to believe or whatever. But I always kind of joke about the fact that I'm different than that. It's like I'm looking for someone to tell me what to believe. And um, but I wonder if I should recontextualize that and recognize I'm looking for a community to connect to me on the basis of what I believe. I'm looking for people to tell me that I'm good for what I believe. I'm looking for this constant relationship of positive feedback. And like, um, I'm looking for a value system that rewards me for my religiosity. And I'm looking for the relationships that you get from that. I'm looking for those connections and I'm fully outsourcing my values and my thinking to other people and literally thinking it's good. So this is the thing that they say about the third style of cognitive loop is that it's the most insidious because other people don't call us on it. The other styles people will call us on, those first two, because one of them is kind of explosive, and the second one can be obviously kind of a habitual problem. But this third one often looks okay to people, and that's true. I get a lot of, like, people think it's healthy and reasonable and interesting for me to be invested in different religions and learn, you know, trying to outsource my, like, trying to get, trying to put myself in a system that helps me be um, more you know, religious or things like that. Like, people seem to praise me for that. In fact, when I when I tell people that I'm going to take an introverted thinking approach, I don't say it that way, but when I tell people, like, I'm realizing this is false, they always seem discouraged and they always discourage me from... Even people that are not in the same paradigm, they're just like, no, that's good for you, you know? Except for my ESTP friend who is like, yeah, like, at a certain point you're going to have to abandon that because... It's not going to last because it's just like the time that I did born again Christianity for seven years and like you know he's done the same thing and he's a little older, um, and he's like and when you do leave it'll really hurt the people around you who thought it was you know who who f- will feel betrayed and I was like interesting okay so that's that's um those are three styles of cognitive loops and this has been a very probably nonsensical rambling thing but I wanted to point out that a lot of what I've been talking about a lot of my own pursuit of religion i think is a um insidious desire to connect to people at an emotional level it's insidious because it's not driven it's it's driven by a desire to avoid my own thinking on the subject i'm looking for every possible way i can to avoid the conclusions of that are quite clear in my head about these religions that like they are false (laughs) And, um, and good people believe in false religions and good people are inaccessible to me when they have a rule that says, if you're not in my religion, we can't connect at the deepest levels. And then there's probably good people who don't have those rules or aren't in false religions. And so... Or one way or another, they don't have that block between me and them, and then they are accessible to me, but the ones who have those rules are inaccessible to me because of um the the reality of my my affinity for truth.